Okay, God bless you everyone. I'm going to actually do something a little different. Typically, I only have time to ever record in my car driving. It's just when the Holy Spirit speaks to me the most. And at this point, it's, um, I actually have a rare day off. I was sick. I got the COVID and I always know when I get it. If I get it, I've gotten it, I think three times that I know of now. But when I get it, my teeth hurt and the bones of my face hurt. And it's the most oddest thing, but that's what happens. And, you know, the Lord showed me in a dream, I think that like the night before I tested positive, that I just couldn't breathe very well. And I was in a field on my knees, it was sunny. And I was just taking these big gasping airs of breath. And I just couldn't get a good breath in. And then finally... You know, a series of things happen and I woke up and I was like trying to breathe through my nose and my nose was all stuffy. So I'm a little nasally today, but anyways, praise God, I'm healed because I prayed for it and Jesus healed me. So this is just time for me to recuperate and let my natural self catch up to what he has already done in the spirit. So having said that, what's beautiful about this is I do get to spend time with the Lord in a, in a longer way. And truthfully, he deserves it. He deserves all of our time and I don't give him enough. So forgive me, Father, for that. What I wanted to just share today, um, what Holy Spirit was speaking. I don't know. There's just so many things. So this is what I'm going to share today. It's talking about the light of Jesus. And I just say it like, we just say that a lot, you know, the light of Christ, the light of Christ. And like, sometimes we say it so much, I think we lose like the fullness of what it means in the spirit, you know, not just to us, but to other people. Sorry, sipping on my coffee. So anyways, I'm reading through the book of Matthew right now. And just as a side note, I went back to reading books at a time, books of the Bible at a time, because a lot of times we can kind of, um, I'm just going to speak for myself. I usually, like when I started getting back into the word of God through Jesus, I would read that way. Like just, I don't know why I just read that way. Holy Spirit kind of just taught me to read that way. Just read from beginning to end of a book. And then I would go back and forth from Old Testament, New Testament, New Testament, Old Testament. And then I would just like read the entire Old Testament and then, you know, New Testament. And then I would just be like, oh, let me do Revelation now. Let me do Genesis. Let me, you know, and I would just go back and forth. And then, then I kind of like transitioned into like the, um, how do I want to describe it? Like popcorn scripture reading. Um, topographical. So all of a sudden you get like a topic, say long suffering. And then you're like, okay, I want to go into read those scriptures about long suffering. And then, so you just do your Google search or you go to the back of your book index, uh, Bible book index, sorry. And you see, you know, all the scriptures. So what happens with that though? And what I've discovered is when I do that, unless I've remember the entirety of the context of the scripture, I lose, I like forget the context of the scripture. So I kind of go into that popcorn scripture slinging and, um, and I'm forgetting um, the context of the scripture. So one of the ones, just for a quick example, and we won't go too far down this rabbit hole because this is a controversial um, scripture is um, the scripture is um, 
<clears throat> that says, <laughs> I don't have it in front of me, but it just popped in um, when Paul is addressing the church. I can't remember which one, so please forgive me, but you all can do a quick Google search and find it. And he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So if I use that scripture in isolation alone and not understanding the fullness of the context of it, I often get a, an interpretation that may not be what the context of that scripture really means. So Holy Spirit, through a pastor that I enjoy watching these days, um, Torben Sondergaard, I just find authenticity and, and a uh, genuineness in his work right now. And he is just so beautiful. Like the, the, just what he is doing and, and discipling. And, um, anyways, he had reminded me to just not personally, but I think he was leaving a message about when you read, read the books at a time, not so much scripture slinging or popcorn scripture reading. Like I said, you, I'm going to speak for myself because you may have the context so well known more than I do that that won't happen to you. But I'm going to say, I confess, Lord, forgive me that I don't have the context so memorized. So I, sometimes my flesh will want to strive a little bit and create a meaning that really wasn't intentional for the you know, for the, the Holy Spirit didn't intentionally mean that. So forgive me, Lord, because I want to treat his word, Jesus Christ, as a precious element, as a as life, as, as breath. Um, so I, I don't want to, you know, go on about that. But anyways, so in Matthew 4, verse 16, the scripture here says, the people <clears throat> who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. And those who were sitting in the land in shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. So I'm going to read it again. The people, Matthew 4, 16, who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. And those who were sitting in the land in shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. Okay, so let's talk about context here. Jesus is beginning his ministry. Verse 15, okay. This is after Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. And I love Jesus. He's, he's, he's so, I love him. I love him so much. It says, go away, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's in Matthew 4, 10. So this goes on to say, after this, the angels ministered, I'm going to kind of summarize, ministered to him. And they began to serve him. The angels began to serve him. So then, you know, fast forward a little bit. I don't know how much time. Okay, so Jesus comes out. He withdrew into Galilee, leaving Nazareth, which is by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This happened so that the spoken word through Isaiah the prophet would be filled, that the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. That's Matthew 4, verse 15. And that is a parallel reference to Isaiah 9, 11. So this is beautiful. So the Lord was just sharing with me about 
this this light, okay, and in, in, in conversing that with sitting, that the word that was used in that scripture in 16 about sitting in darkness. Uh, it said sitting in darkness and then sitting in the land. So saw a great light and shadow of death. So I, I was thinking about sitting and in the word that came to me about sitting and that what I've been thinking about a lot lately is spiritual slumber. When we're sitting, um, but I don't know, that's just a word that comes in like when we're sitting. So not just thinking that in the natural, like here I am sitting in a chair talking to you. I'm not thinking like that. Okay, I am doing that. So it's not like a lie, but when I'm sitting spiritually, what am I doing? Am I slumbering? Uh, what's going on when I'm sitting? Am I watching and waiting? Like I'm sitting, I'm not moving. Is it idleness? Like, so that just that came to me. And I was thinking about the people at this time. So again, looking at the context, the people were sitting in darkness and they saw this great light. And, and I'm looking at this and, and I'm thinking this is not just some, like I said, literal translation although very much it happened literally at the same time. You know, Jesus, they saw this great light and Jesus in the book of Revelation is described as this brilliant figure. I, th I think it's in, was it Revelation 1? And he's described as this brilliant figure with eyes of fire and feet of bronze and a hair, and hair that's just brilliant, like this brilliant wool and, and radiant. And it's, and it's perhaps that's just how bright they seen Jesus at that time as they were, quote, sitting and not just, <clears throat> you know, what's, you know, like painted in pictures of Jesus. If, if that kind of drives me nuts of Jesus in this, that classic painting he's got, like he's just kind of looking up ominously into the corner of the photo and of the painting. And he's like, got this olive toned skin and this flowing you know curled hair there's not a speck on him and you know it's just like is that what they saw no they didn't see that they saw this this great light that's what the word says a great light and the word says they were sitting in darkness so first of all who is the they you know i seem to it, this is just like i'm not going to like get into oh looking up all the strongs and stuff on each word and what this person said and that you know like that's something if you feel like the holy spirit wants you to do go ahead and do that <laughs> this is just like how the holy spirit is just speaking to me so i just wanted to share so first of all he was like well who's they brooke who is they so i seem to think that they quote they is the multitude of people like it's always like the multitude of people followed people followed jesus around like you and i common folk Okay, we're not religious leaders. We, we, you know, we weren't prepared by some fancy seminary or a Bible college. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but I just want to read how the light of Christ comes into people and how Paul in the book of Acts prepared elders and leaders. It just, it just didn't fit into how America does it with, you know, kind of that, that orthodox of, um, you know, it, it kind of parallels what we do in that secular education system. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. I'm just saying, I, I don't see the same, you know, 
You can do that. You can get prepared, right? But you can learn religiousness and not have the relationship with Christ. Okay. So these were common folk. They were, you know, they didn't come from a line of my father was a pastor and his father was a pastor and, and his father. And, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. But you see, you know, prodigals, right? Prodigals happen to pastors, children as well. You know, God just reaches down. He reaches down to the common folk and he makes miracles in many situations and in many accounts. I mean, we can verify this in his word. He uses common people. Like in the beginning of this book of Matthew, there's a genealogy of Christ through the line of Joseph. And it's written, there's a lot of names that are just common folk that are doing godly things out of faith that were in a shadow of darkness because Christ hadn't come yet. So it's like these words and the beauty of, of all the simulation is, is, is wonderful. But common folk, they, they just wouldn't have had the money at the time. I mean to present themselves to the religious Jewish establishment in accordance with the Jewish law. I mean, even sacrifices had to be augmented for the poor people. If they couldn't afford like a fresh young bull or calf or, you know, however you want to say it, <clears throat> it would be okay that they would, you know, sell turtle doves or doves um, to the poor people. And that that would be their sacrifice. And God doesn't, Jesus doesn't come to us based on, on earthly merit. You know, you see the difference and the wild uh, but godly love of Christ because he doesn't care about your earthly riches. He doesn't care that your calf, you know, sacrifice is, is better than your little turtle doves over here. Are you kidding me? He looks at your heart, you know, but we already know this, right? So this is at the time, this was, you know, people sitting in darkness because, I mean, that's just what they were born into. They were born into following the Jewish customs, but even the, the you know, the Pharisees and, and the Sadducees and the leaders at the time, they were all still waiting for a Messiah too, as well. Okay, so everyone was kind of waiting for it. This was what was taught. You know, and I even think like going back to the sacrifices, if I, I, reading the book of Matthew so I haven't got through the part yet but I want to say like Mary and Joseph at one point they had made their pilgrimage and they had it they had to get a cheaper sacrifice I want to say but I could be wrong in there anyways so those are those you know those are the people I'm looking at you know when the word says here that they're sitting in darkness it's not always because they chose to be you know it's because the darkness had prevented them from seeing the light Comma, I, I just think that sometimes we have to be very careful how we speak, especially as mature Christians, elders, uh, you know, that, you know, kind of shaming and blaming someone for, for choosing to sit in the darkness. And sometimes it's because the light hasn't been exposed to them yet. They've been born into darkness and the light just hasn't been exposed to them. I think of our prayers as so sacred this way because... As vile as the most vile person you can think or just the person that irritates you the most, right? At this point, sometimes they haven't had a righteous prayer prayed for them. God is just waiting for a righteous prayer to pray for them. And this person could, could have gone 10, 20, 30 years in their life and they haven't had one solid righteous prayer prayed for them. You know, they're just sitting in darkness. So back to the story or back to the word. But now Jesus is here. He's, he's been born. He's the Messiah. You know, he is God with us and you cannot deny his light. You cannot deny it. 
what is the light? The light is, you know, the word of God. The light is the hope of God. The light is the love of God. The light is the promise of God. The light is that spiritual transformation that brings us from death to, brings us from death in darkness to the heavenly places out of, uh, it just brings us, you know, out into the heavenly places of his light, his presence, into the breath of his life, his eternity and time. It's, it's really just hard to put into words, right? So they were sitting, the word says they were sitting in darkness. And sometimes I'm thinking of it, okay, how many people are sitting in darkness right now? And, and I'm not talking about, you know, atheists or people who are coming out and just rejecting Christ. Like, you know, right now we see a lot of that, like just a lot of anti-Christ spirits around. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Christians, self-proclaimed Christians. They're, they're even sitting in darkness, in, perhaps in a pew someplace. They're sitting in darkness in a Bible study. They're sitting in darkness in the workplace. They're sitting in darkness in the time between Monday to Saturday. Some have not seen the light of Jesus yet. And I don't know why. I can speculate with the examples that I just gave. Why? Oh, pride, right? Unforgiveness, uh, bitterness, lack of conversion, lack of relationship. You know, come on. Like, like, like that's, let's like just state the obvious. But I don't know why. I don't know why they're still sitting in darkness. And this is a beautiful work, though, because I don't want to dwell on that. We, are, we already know it's like stating the obvious. It's like stating the uh, elephant in the room. And this is the beautiful work that me and you have to do when we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, both holy and pleasing to the Lord. So his light, it, 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 so that there is no restraint, that there's no constraint, that, that there is no pushback, that our flesh, we push our flesh away and down. So we do not uh, resist the Holy Spirit. A lot of times, you know, we resist the Holy Spirit because we just do, because our flesh, right? You know, we when we're when we're embracing the love of God, the light of Christ, what He does, you know, in our lives is we're yielded as vessels, good vessels to the to the Father. And I'm thinking when Paul talks about this, I think it's like in the book of Timothy. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, you know, he says about, you bring out the good vessels of the house, right? It's so beautiful. Maybe it's not sympathy, but go, go research it. Okay. Good, good scripture. You know, another thing, not pouring old wine into new wineskins. That's us. We demonstrate, you know, we're the new wineskins because we have the light of Christ by fruits of our fruits of repentance and, and his grace and his mercy. And, and that demonstration, you know, within our daily walk, it's the act I'm sorry. It's the act that shows the light of Christ into others. Uh, that's why. Okay. So that is why someone, as I said before, can be sitting in a church pew, still sitting in darkness because they hear a good message, but they might not even see the light of Christ in that pastor. I'm going to get real about that. They may not see it. Why? Because of the fruits of his repentance and his walk that happens Monday to Sunday, or I'm sorry, Monday to Saturday. The things he says, the relationships he says, it's in the action, you know, it's in the action of what we do that people can see the light of Christ in you. So 
Again, so like taking this, it's, you know, sitting. It's not just sitting in a chair. You know, we read this, like I said, we gloss over it. You know, we're like, okay, you know, the people were sitting on the land there. Jesus is coming. And again, this is happened naturally. So I don't want to be like one of those people that everything's allegorical because it does happen in the natural. But that's how God speaks to us. He speaks to us naturally first and then our spiritual discernment turns on us when our spirit wakens up to Christ because of his light and his grace and his mercy. So they're sitting there. The spiritual transformation is going on. And they said this word, this, they said, oh, this, this great light. So the second part of the scripture moving on says, those who were sitting in the land and the shadow of death upon them, a light dawned. How beautiful is that word? And I think of, of, of Psalms 23, right? And sometimes we think of Psalms 23 and we're like, oh, oh, that's just for funerals or just when you're feeling really downcast or when you're really sick and you're just having such a tough time. Someone's sick, you're ill, you know, uh, why do we think that? It's because every time you watch a movie show or a movie, sorry, that was bad English. Every time you watch a movie and they've got a scene of a funeral and a pastor might even be like a, you know, wearing a black suit with a little white cuff on the tie or, or whatever. Okay. What are they reading at the funeral? They're reading Psalms 23. So then what do we subliminally think? Oh, that's the only time that it actually is applicable. Is there? No. No, 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 that's completely wrong. We're sorely mistaking, okay, that every day when we wake, we walk in the shadow of death. But, big but, we have the great light of Jesus Christ in us unto salvation. We put on the helmet of salvation. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. He leads me down in green pasture. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. Amen. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. It's so good. That's actually the whole psalm. Let me see. Actually, no. There's one more scripture. Certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life, and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. Praise God. How wonderful it is when we see conversion in other people. Beautiful, beautiful thing. So moving on to our own, from our own experience to serving the body, the end goal is conversion because there's no more sitting in darkness. There's no more shadow of death. So in a sense, I mean this natural body. Yes, this natural body, yes, will die. Okay, Christ could come back uh, and take us, right? We are waiting for him to take us. But if that is not our lot, this flesh, yeah, it has to go. But it's because there's a better, there's a better body waiting for us. And I am truly excited and and, and just truly excited about it. So next scripture, Matthew 4, 17 says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Wow. Wow. So I was just thinking about this, like, Lord, 
Like, let's just go into some humility with this. May I not be sitting in darkness, okay? Because I always want to sit and like point and think like, oh, that's that person's problem, right? You know, like the people in your church gathering, you're like, "Mm, I'm going to tell you, yes, your flesh is doing this. Your flesh is doing this. So put it down. Die to the flesh. Come on. Die to the flesh. So, you know, you also want to be pointing, oh, that's that person's problem. But let's apply this to me, okay? Lord, I don't want to be sitting in darkness. Help me to truly see the light of Jesus in my life, even when I think I've already seen it. And my cat's going to start meowing, but he's going to have to sit there for a moment, okay? Little one, you got to sit there. So, has my heart seen it? Has every ounce of my soul seen the light of Christ? I mean, you cannot count even even this. You you cannot even imagine like the ounces of your spirit, right? It's just spirit that, you know, you can't see the light of Jesus. I'm sorry. I can't count. God knows. He has seen the light of Jesus, right? Has, has, let's see, has it seen the light of Jesus? Have I seen it in those deeper places, even in the natural sense, thinking about just the knowledge, right? So first of all, we experience Jesus through knowledge. Has, has the knowledge of Christ come come into every part of my being? Has the fullness of my knowledge seen the fullness of the light of Jesus? This is be- this is before it even gets to the heart, the hope into which we have salvation, that we don't have to remain in the darkness. And as I started with this, it, and I just have to ask myself that, I have to have that humility when I'm reading this word, like, oh, that's someone else's problem. No, I have to revisit this scripture. Is this me? Am I sitting in any areas of my life in darkness? Praise God. I am not. I'm going to focus on him and I'm going to be steadfast on him and I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stop resisting him. When he tells me, Brooke, you are sitting in a little bit of darkness right now because that's not the light of Christ, then I want to push that away. But as I started, you know, reading this scripture, let me bring it back, was for the common folk who at the time just couldn't afford all the fancies. They couldn't afford to get in the front row seats in the synagogue. They certainly couldn't have the same seats that they go back to every week, right? I mean, y'all know that. You have your same seats, just like cows have their same stalls. So even the later scriptures in this chapter of Matthew 4 talk about Jesus healing the sick, those who are suffering from various diseases, severe pain, demon-possessed, people with epilepsy, people who are paralyzed. He healed them. Jesus came to bring people out of the darkness. These people that are talked about here, I'm going to just go on a presumption. So Lord, correct me if I'm wrong. These were probably poor folk that would never be able to afford, quote, the physicians at the time. They didn't have, uh, you know, insurance. They just had large deductibles. (laughs) But Jesus provides healing, period. And I think what had to happen here, because I read this and I'm like, okay, this is just his works in the natural. He did this in the natural first, because that's like I mentioned before, that's how he speaks to us. He speaks to us naturally. And then at some point, the Holy Spirit, as we start yielding to the Holy Spirit, our inner being and creation, our soul and our spirit, as we start yielding, quickens us. The Holy Spirit will quicken us to what is happening. And this miracle of conversion happens And it comes back to seeing the light of Christ through someone. You saw the light of Christ through someone. It could have been just Christ himself in a dream. So praise God, that's been happening. And how it looks right now on the individual level, it's being in the word first. John talks about the word became flesh. That is the word, Jesus. So when people say they're not reading their Bibles, what they're saying is they really don't want a relationship with the Father. 
they're saying it indirectly. Okay, so they're, they, their flesh might have them fooled that that's really not what they're saying, but that's what they are saying because it's by action alone, right? I can say I want to save your life. I worked as an ER nurse. I can say I want to save your, save your life. But if you came in code blue and I stood there doing nothing, I did not save your life, but I can tell you I want to save your life. Do you see what I'm saying? So here's the kitty cat. So anyways, what happens in that situation is people, you know, they kind of make up some form of Jesus in their head just by listening, you know, to Sunday lectures. And this goes back to sitting in the darkness on, on Sunday morning, sometimes in a pew somewhere. And maybe there's areas they disagree with the father, you know, sexual immorality, things like that. So they just kind of make up something about God, who God is and who Jesus is and that all roads lead to heaven. And, and you know that they just kind of use that scripture like, you know, they would probably say, wide is the gate to Jesus. <laughs> narrow is darkness. No. So no more sitting in darkness. That's not the right scripture, right? We know narrow, you know, wide is the way that leads to destruction. So narrow is the way that leads to life. Because Jesus is born, he is the resurrected God and he is the light, right? So praise God. We just got to focus on Christ. So Lord, I just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this day. I thank you for this word. I thank you that even in my distracted mind this morning, you continue to speak. Holy Spirit, Lord, help me to yield to you this day, Holy Spirit. Lord, let you get all the glory, the radiant glory through your son, Jesus Christ, this day. Let the blood of Jesus cover this place, cover this land, cover this little village. Let the blood be a reminder of your mercy and your sacrifice for us, Father. Remember mercy upon mercy and grace upon grace, Father. Remember obedience. Remember conversion. Remember that your miracles, your miracles, Lord. Father, help us in this little place in this town here and this little village and beyond, that we would be beacons of light for those who are sitting in darkness. I love you, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, and I bless your holy name. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the bread of life. Forgive us our sins. Forgive me my sin. I love you, and I thank you, Lord. Protect me from the evil one. Protect us from the evil one, the schemes and the darkness surrounding him. Lord, I love you, and I thank you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you all. If you made it through this, God bless you. I love you. Take time to just soak in the word, read his word, and listen to the Holy Spirit. Waking up any dark places within your being. God bless you all. Till next time.